This edition of the Bio Report is brought to you by the California Technology Council, providing discounts on products and services essential to every startup. For more information, visit californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Incubators create success stories, but usually aren't thought of as success stories themselves. The newly renamed NBC Biolabs, which started with humble beginnings in a utility closet as the first technology incubator in the University of California system, has been a big success by meeting the needs of entrepreneurial scientists. We spoke to Doug Crawford, managing director of Mission Bay Capital and general manager of NBC Biolabs about its recent rebranding, how it operates, and its plans for expansion. Doug, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Danny. I'm I'm really thrilled to be speaking with you this morning. We're going to talk about the newly renamed NBC at 953, a a new agreement with AbbVie and and the history and growth of this life science incubator and what you've learned along the way. You consider NBC at 953 an incubator as opposed to an accelerator. What do you mean by the term? Yeah, so first of all, um, just so that uh, there isn't more confusion than we've already caused, the, the proper name is uh, NBC Biolabs. Okay. And this is now going to be our name for both the uh, site in, in Dogpack in San Francisco, which we've been running for the last four years under the name QB3 at 953, but also our new facilities, which we will be uh, opening shortly in San Carlos. And uh, so we're building an enterprise that will extend across the Bay Area, and we needed a new name to, to describe that, that wider activity, so we chose NBC Biolabs. Let me get back to your question, which is sort of incubators versus accelerators. And, you know, I don't think, I think there's a very substantial difference in various programs, but the terminology isn't necessarily clear. But here's our take on them. We are, we're all about the entrepreneurs. We want to help entrepreneurial scientists turn their ideas into a functioning, successful company with as little time and money as possible. We firmly believe that entrepreneurial scientists are the lifeblood of our industry, are the source of great innovations future. But so often the stage of technology, when they first come to us, is, is not yet sufficiently mature to attract substantial venture investment. And so the experiment we started of geez, now over 10 years ago was to say, hey, well, if we, if we give those entrepreneurial scientists the tools they need, can they go on to success? Everyone we asked said, 
oh no, you know, you're just going to create an intensive care unit for little companies. Lo and behold, in those you know, small acorns, mighty trees grew. And so, uh, for instance, in our incubator in San Francisco, in just over four years, we've had uh, 101 companies come and start life there. And those companies have gone on to raise $1.76 billion. So we're about the entrepreneur. We're about making startups fast and efficient and frugal. And um, to that end, we're, we provide fully functioning lab space. We don't invest when they move in. We don't take any equity. We don't have any strings attached. We don't require them to participate in some regiment program. We offer them all the assistance they could ask for in terms of finding expertise, connections to the pharmaceutical industry, and, of course, access to our own conversations about capital for missionary capital. Whereas accelerators, in my view, reverse that process. They say, okay, we will invest some modest amount of money and time in you. We're making that decision when you move in. And therefore, in exchange, we want some equity. We we don't make that quid pro quo when they move in. The, the roots of NBC Biolabs go back to 2006 when you launched the garage at, at QB3 on UCSF's Mission Bay campus. This was a, a somewhat radical plan at the time because you were incubating these companies in an academic building, albeit a, a utility room with six companies in a tiny space. Walk me through the origins of NBC Biolabs and, and what was the original thinking? Yeah, so we we uh, when we designed the new QB3 building on the UCSF campus, we took a small, very small laboratory and wrote an incubator on top of it and then uh, didn't give it much more thought. After we moved into the building, we began the arduous task of persuading the the infrastructure of the university, the renting space, the private company was part of the university's mission, not an exception to it. They grudgingly agreed to that view of the world. And so we, we set up shop with a little incubator, uh, surprisingly the first one in UCA, UC's history. Um, so we uh, also met fierce resistance, as said, from the sages up and down the valley. We went ahead and did it. We got six companies that moved in in that fall, winter, 2006 to seven. And of those six companies, four of them went on to close venture finance rounds. And a uh, fifth was acquired by Affymetrics for $25 million right out of the east. And so that, what was it that we did that caused that success? Well, in retrospect, I think that Biggest innovation was to fragment or fractionalize expensive laboratory resources down into their smallest possible component. A single laboratory bench in a fully functioning lab accessing you know, state-of-the-art resources on an as-needed basis. And so now it's just what the tech industry did 20 years ago, which is it said rather than need millions of dollars to start a company, can you start a viable company with thousands of dollars? And that has proven to be, over and over again, uh, a great model. 
what would you say you've learned along the way and, and how have your efforts evolved to reflect what you've learned? So we're, there's a lot of sort of, uh, kind of prosaic details and some sort of grand beliefs. Let's start with the grand beliefs. I'll go back to this, which is that, that life science entrepreneurs, uh, are the most adventurous. They are pursuing space more broadly than the industry as a whole. They're the first to say, hey, can we use microbiome therapeutic? Can we, uh, turn biology into an engineering discipline and build synthetic biology companies? They are the ones who are the most However, they lack the validation that comes from data. And so what we've learned is that, that we have a data-driven industry and new scientists need an efficient way of getting data. And then at the sort of prosaic end, we've worked really hard to make these companies efficient. So we model ourselves or, or channel Toyota lean manufacturing principles we provide them with state-of-the-art equipment operating the design function all the time. We have 24-7 monitoring of all our freezers. People move in and get pharmaceutical-level facilities on you know, tiny budgets in tiny increments. And that, that combination has been really successful. How do you measure your success? I, I know in the early days when you were very tied to the university itself, there was this effort to justify what you're doing as it's from its impact on the California economy. Today, how do you look at your success? Well, the, the easiest method for us is capital rate. But okay, the companies are adding a very competitive marketplace to raise capital. And they need that capital to be able to hire more in the advanced programs the clinic marketplace for the case to be. And so to use capital raises as a proxy. And that's why I reported, you know, then in the first four years at NBC Biolabs in San Francisco this extraordinary success in that they've raised one point seven six billion dollars. Uh, I would say, you know, personally we also take huge satisfaction in their technical progress. So, and, I, and I'll go back to this idea around their adventurous diversity. So we see companies, the smallest companies tackling the biggest problems. And that is a very satisfying sort of exercise to be engaged to help these folks realize those dreams. Um, so I, I would also say, you know, we can tell anecdotes about stories that are companies that are already in the market touching customers. So we were the home of Zymergen. Three guys, two benches, a dream. We can make industrial biotech more efficient. Today that company has raised, oh, more than 170 million, has more than 350 employees. That's kind of, real-world success on every dimension that, that we're very proud to have had a hand in helping. Who's eligible to be a part of NBC Biolabs, and how tough is it to get in today? Is there a, a review process, a waiting list? 
you know, sad, sadly to say, uh, all of that is true. Sad because I, I would like to say yes to, to every adventurous entrepreneurial scientist. But right now we're getting six to ten applications for every seat we can make available. And so part of the reason for the expansion to San Carlos is, is that we have, uh, unfortunately, been saying no to too many very promising entrepreneurs. Um, we hold a um, monthly review, sometimes twice a month review session. Our prospective uh, clients come in and make a full presentation to us, and we evaluate them sort of on, on three levels. First and foremost, we want the world's experts. We want great scientists who have a burning passion and who are fun to be with because we run an open plan incubator and it's important that, that we create a really positive community. Secondly, we ask what they're working on. We want them to be working on really big problems. And then third, we look at, at what they're proposing to do, but there we're pretty humble. We don't say, geez, you know, I wouldn't do it that way. Go away. We're kind of to the contrary ready to admit we're often wrong and want to give people a chance. A, a lot of what has driven this vision is the idea that you really want to lower barriers for entrepreneurial sciences to launch a startup. What do participants at NBC Biolabs get? Is it just a matter of shared facilities? What, what do you do to lower those barriers? So, so we have a we have a core facility that has millions of dollars in equipment, and we have autoclaves, freezers, everything they need, including a state of the art espresso machine and a pile of cookies. <laughs> so they move in, and uh, and in, in fact, they can they can get data in their first week because everything is up and running. So um, actually. To give you a, an example of how much we try to focus on the fast part of, of the job, if they get an experiment done on their first day, we give them a bottle of champagne. And periodically you'll see in our newsletter a picture of me standing next to a, a beaming entrepreneur handing a bottle of champagne and graduating them for getting paid on their first day. So we, that ability to be able to get Good data quickly is absolutely critical. We also, I don't know how uh, to quantify this, but it's a, a super community of people. You put 45 uh, very ambitious, very creative CEOs together in a building, and just that network between them is a very potent force for increasing their productivity and efficiency. If, if they had to go to you know, their own tiny facility every day seeing the same two or three faces, I think they would find themselves to be much less productive. It's uh, a long and winding road to create a successful company and much more it's energizing to be in an environment of other people who are succeeding at that same challenge. And I think third, uh, we, um, we also provide a great ecosystem for pharmaceutical companies 
to work with the smallest companies. So we now have sponsorships from many leading pharmaceutical companies, including J&J's J-Labs program, Amgen, Abbey, uh, GSK, Pfizer, uh, Toso, Torre, etc. And these companies, their ambition is to find innovation at its earliest step of development. Too early for them to necessarily be an investor or a partner, but still they want to be close. And so what the pharmaceutical companies do is they sponsor us. Many of them have golden tickets, which are uh, the right to give one of our scientists a free bench facilities for a year, just a grant, uh, but it allows them to establish a friendly working relationship with the startups. And so our startups then, in a sort of the lean startup way, get the attention of their ultimate consumers, the pharmaceutical industry, in order to be able to help guide their research plans. You know, what is the data that a pharma wants to see in order to execute a partnership is not always obvious to a startup. And our environment allows that information to flow in both directions. Well, you, you just announced a, a partnership with AbbVie. What, what does that provide and how does it work? Yeah, so, so AbbVie is a, a wonderful company that has a very strong presence in the Bay Area. And they're very uh, keen to establish uh, partnerships with the most innovative companies. How do we know? Well, they've already done uh, executed investments in members of our community. Uh, most recently was Elector, which is a company that got started in 953, working on Alzheimer's disease. And Abby announced maybe four or five months ago a $205 million investment actually a partnership for two programs of electors. And so Abby is already mining opportunities in our community and they realize, boy, we could be doing a lot more. So now they have become a, a partner of NBC Biolabs. They'll get the right to uh, allocate two golden tickets to hold seminars, office hours. They'll keen to provide mentorship and ultimately investments or partnerships with companies in our community. And so it's just a, a terrifically mutually beneficial relationship between the startups and athletes to be able to bridge that divide. At the top of this discussion, you had made reference to this, but how many companies do you now house and what's the plan for future growth? Yeah, so our, our San Francisco site is 24,000 square feet, which you know, is, is a proud big step for us, but it's still a reasonably small facility. Nonetheless, it's home to 45 companies presently. And so that that bespeaks the, the capital efficiency those companies are able to achieve. But we're, as I say, turning away several great candidates a month that we would like to accommodate. And we're also not being able to provide our existing companies with as much growth space as they would like. So to meet both of those needs, we have a plan for growth that currently includes 
uh, three sites in San Carlos, the first of which will be open in April, and then two more to follow over the course of a year. And that will add 42,000 square feet to our inventory, taking us over 60,000 square feet across the network. So then we'll go from 45 companies up to maybe 100 or 110 companies by the time we talk again in maybe mid-2019. Doug Crawford, Managing Director of Mission Bay Capital and General Manager of NBC Biolabs. Doug, thanks so much for your time today. Hey, Danny, I really enjoyed speaking with you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.